Things could be about to get real for Ole Miss. I mean, really real. Really, really real. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in on this fine Wednesday. Um, I do want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast. So, there's a report that has come out of the New York Times that give basically three names that we should look for in the Ole Miss basketball coaching search. And we will put them up on the screen because it was released in a tweet. It is from Adam Zagoria. Two names that are heavily in the mix for the Ole Miss opening are Dusty May and Chris Beard. A.D. Keith Carter is vetting Beard extensively per source. So that is very interesting there. There's another name that popped up as well. They do talk about how Will Wade is also linked to the Ole Miss job, but the school would have to do a strong-ass offer. That's probably a little bit of comedy he's trying to do. So I don't think he's completely joking about what's going on, but he did make that joke and he was trying to be funny and whatever. So you look at it, you got two coaches that are in a position to be really successful over the course of their career, and you've got Dusty May, the G5 option. Um, I'll tell you what that means in just a second, but Will Wade and Chris Beard are the headliners that are mentioned in this search right now. Here's what they've done over the course of their career. Beard has coached 11 seasons, um, has a 237-98 and 98 record. He has two conference titles, seven NCAA tournaments, and 11 seasons. Will Wade has coached nine years. He's 196 and 96. He has two conference titles as well. Um, he has gone to the NCAA tournament five times out of nine years. Um, it's really a very close relationship there. But then you have the Dusty May that is popping up on the tweet. And this is what I think is happening with that as well. You have Chris Beard or Will Wade, that ideally they're hoping they would be able to get. I think they are legitimately trending that direction to where they want to hire one of those two coaches. If for some reason they can't, I think May is the backup plan. And you hear his name from national sources and inside the industry. This was the New York Times talking about this. But if you listen to a local show around um, Ole Miss, I think it was the Oxford Exxon podcast, they did mention that Dusty May might not be a candidate for the job. So is he a smokescreen to divert attention from the Wade and Beard situation? Which, A, you know I'm all for hiring somebody like that because I think that is somebody, something like that is what Ole Miss needs. I think the risk is relatively low. The only person that can be embarrassed by something going wrong after the fact is the pe- are the people involved. So I don't think Ole Miss basketball is going to be any worse than 2000 in the stands this year. 
If you hire the next coach and it does well, next it might get to 1,000 next time. And then all of a sudden it looks like Kansas football. That's the situation you want to avoid. You want basketball to quit and not take up money from football because you have to overspend on football to make up that little bit of a gap. So we'll see exactly how it goes. I think Beard, he's won everywhere he's been. He'll win here. I think Wade has won everywhere he's been. He'll win here. And the the question is, does Chris Beard pass the vetting, right? Because that needs to happen. That needs to happen on every candidate. You don't want to be blindsided by something in the future. At least with him, you know what you're looking for. Does Will Wade not get a show calls and is available to coach? Because his is probably the more noticeable risk for Ole Miss in this coaching search because you don't know. And whenever his decision from the committee comes out at the end of April, at the end of May, there could be a show cause attached to that. There could be some sort of recruiting suspension, real similar to what Auburn had to go through with Bruce Pearl. But if you hire him, get going, you could be good to go with that as well. Dusty May, like I said, that is going to be the mid-major name that is going to be hard to explain to people because he lost to this Ole Miss team. Doesn't matter that he didn't have all of his bullets in his gun. Doesn't matter that his best player was not available. He still lost the game. It's going to look like final scores, and when people try and look at this hire and justify it and get excited and all of that stuff, they are going to come back to that. Dusty May, though, heck of a job. He's projected as like a nine seed in the NCAA tournament this year. So, I mean, he's done a fantastic job, and that's been a dregs of a program for quite some time and he has turned it around. He's a former Mike White assistant. I'm sure there's a lot of familiarity between Keith Carter and him because he was on Mike's staff. And Keith Carter and Mike White, really good friends. So he probably knows what's going on. But those are probably the three names you need to pay attention to. Um, You need to look at Chris Beard, you need to look at Will Wade, and you look at Dusty May. Now, is there a surprise out of left field? Potentially, but that that means everybody was wrong. And you'll see me coming out with weatherman quotes and all that. So we'll see what's going on. But this is what they're talking about at the moment. Chris Beard, Will Wade, Dusty May. Those those seem to be the three. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, It is the midway point of the NBA season. And now you can download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to threes drained. Um, you know, in the NBA right now, the in vogue thing probably is betting against the Lakers, right? Um, but, you know, you can include core markets, you know, like your area. You can bet on the Grizzlies if you're in Oxford. You can bet on the Pelicans, if you are down in New Orleans, you know, you can do props based on it. Is John Morant going to completely go off? Stuff like that. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your first no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. A little bit later on in this broadcast, we are going to have Andy Patton talking about the basketball coaching search. He is one of the Locked On College Basketball hosts, does a really good job with them. So check them out as well. But we're going to switch gears in this second segment over to football. And this show has concentrated a lot of time on the offensive side of the ball because I've told you this offense has a chance to be really, really special. There's certain things that have to come together, but the weapons are in place for them to be really, really good. But the success or failure of 2023 will not come from the offensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball is going to be good. It's going to be explosive. But the defensive side of the ball will determine if this team can win 10 or if this team is in the eight-run range. How good this team bumps up, is elevated, will be because of the defensive side of the ball. It just is. It's, it's not something completely foreign and strange. There's a reason Pete Golding is here. We obviously did not like the direction of the defense was going at the end of last season. That's, you know, I'm not talking out of turn there. But Pete Golding and his positions, we need to find the right people for the right positions because I do not expect this defense to be overly good in year one under Pete Golding. I expect them to get better from year one to year two, but at year one, I think it's going to be clunky is the word I've used. It's going to be a clunky defense where you could have a defense that ranks 80th in the country, but they're in the top 15 in turnovers. They're going to play a certain way. And if you go back and watch UTSA video from back in the day, you will see a team that is hyper-aggressive, that likes to play in the backfield, their biggest thing was they were susceptible to reverses and things like that. So we need to obviously, you know, look for that in the future, but we do have a chance for this defense to be pretty good. Now, if you look at the defensive line, one thing I'm really excited about is getting JJ Pegues out of nose guard. Last year, whenever Ole Miss ran a three-man front, and you've heard, you know, ad nauseum three-man front over the last year. They only had one interior defensive lineman, and they had two defensive ends. That's the way it was set up. So you would have a J.J. Pegues at nose guard or a Katie Hill or um, a Xavion Harris playing in the middle of the field. But on the outside is like Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey. Now you're going to have three interior defensive linemen, maybe one defensive end that kind of bulks up and puts on some weight. Maybe Jared Ivey gets up to 275, 280 and plays one of the ends in a three-man front. Then you can move J.J. Pegues out to the other side, have Josh Harris, have Xavion Harris in the middle of the field, and all of a sudden you have a nice foundation that this defense can build off of. Now, the jack position, that's going to be, they're having to recruit. They're having to find that position. So that's going to be a problem this year. Um, you will see in spring practice they'll start putting in, they'll start looking to pe for people that can actually play that. Maybe somebody you know, pops up like a Jack Brown that we're not even thinking of at the moment, but we'll see exactly how that goes. Now, linebackers, you got Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, Ashanti Seastrunk, 
um, some Terry and Perkins, Monty Montgomery. You've got um, the young guys, Trip White. You've got the young guys, Tyler Banks. Those six players are going to compete for the rotation at linebacker. Now, we're eliminating the jack position, but we're concentrating on the three positions that go in there, and that's really a wheel linebacker, a middle linebacker, and, of course, like a Husky-type position. And you could see somebody like Ladarius Tennyson or Aishim Young move down and be that position as well. So we'll see what this defense looks like, and spring practice is going to go a long way for just talent identification. Who can actually play? Who can do what you want them to do? That is all going to be important because in the background, um, I think I've heard rumors that they were like moving John Saunders to safety, and that's probably because DeAndre Prince and Walton have really, really moved and taken over kind of the athleticism of how the cornerback position play, but also John Saunders is a good player. So they're trying to get him on the field where they can. Now, spring practice hadn't started. The ball, not one ball has been in the air in practice. So could things change? Yes, John Saunders in practice too could be a cornerback. So anything you hear about position changes now, until a ball is in the air, you really can't do anything about it. But they're thinking about it. And that lets you know how impressed they might be with DeAndre Prince and um, Walton and the young guys that are over there on the outside. Now, you have Trey Washington. You have, you know, Aishim Young. You have Ladarius Tennyson. You have guys that have played the safety position. There's safeties everywhere, but they probably are looking for some pass defenders as well. So we'll see exactly how that goes in the future. But, I mean, I'm really excited about this defense. But like I said, I expect it to be clunky. Expect it to be frustrating. I expect this defense to be like anywhere from 60 to 80 in the country. And I expect them to be um, upwards of 15 to 20 in turnovers. I expect them to be hyper-aggressive and try and force mistakes from the other team. Because that's their best bet. With this offense, they want to steal possessions. So they can't really count on bending and not breaking. They need to steal a possession however they can. And if that happens, they'll be hyper successful. That's my opinion. This is this defense could be a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to follow it, and honestly could be the story of 2023. Because if Ole Miss is going to be really good, they're going to be really proficient in the red zone and the turnover department, period. If they're not, you're looking at probably an 8-4 team, 7-5 team because of this schedule at Tuscaloosa, at Georgia, at Auburn, LSU at home. Those four games will be extremely difficult. But if you can get a couple of those, which is possible, the ball was in the air last year with a chance to beat Alabama. You can win these games. The talent is close enough to where you can beat or scare these teams if you go out and play well. But as it sits right now, if that defense is opportunistic, if they're good in the red zone, if they get turnovers and help out this offense, this Ole Miss team is going to be hard to beat. And we'll see. And it's all riding on the defensive side of the ball. All riding on the defensive side of the ball. Anyway, when we come back, we will have Andy Patton talking basketball coaching search. And um, we'll ask him about the New York Times report about Chris Beard, Will Wade, and Dusty May. Anyway, stick around. 
Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, mash that subscribe button, hit the bell for notifications, and, of course, comment down below or upvote the video itself. I'm here with Andy Patton. It's his first trip to the show. He's from Locked On College Basketball. We're going to talk a little bit Ole Miss coaching search. But first of all, Andy, man, it's great to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stephen. It's always fun to get to jump on the new shows and or the – different shows that I haven't been on before and get a chance to, to talk about different hoops. So I'm excited. Yeah. And, and as somebody that is really locked into what's going on in the college basketball landscape, how would you look at the Ole Miss coaching search? What What are your impressions? You know, the different things, ideas that I might not be thinking of. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think there are a lot of really prominent programs that may end up having coaching searches in the off season. Obviously there was a lot of talk earlier in the season about Kentucky. I think that's kind of gone now. They've had a really nice run Texas. If they keep Rodney Terry uh, as their head coach, which has gone really well since Chris Beard's departure, that job may not be open. We're expecting Georgetown to be open. That's going to be a a pretty prominent one. There's a handful of other ones as well. So Ole Miss, like the fact that their job is open now maybe gives them a little bit of an advantage depending on how quickly they want to work because certainly some of those other jobs that could become available there's a couple jobs in the pac 12 which maybe aren't as appealing as Ole Miss necessarily but uh, that could drive some interest as well depending on if Stanford and Cal wake up and decide to make a move uh, with the coaches they have right now but I think Ole Miss is in a pretty good spot having the job open right now uh, there's a, a you know a high profile program and a dominant conference for basketball so I think they're, they're in a good spot if they can make a move relatively quickly. Yeah, it's interesting. And one of the, uh, like a tweet from one of the New York Times reporters came out and said that um, the two main names to pay attention to is Chris Beard and Dusty May. And Mm -hmm. also some Will Wade's in there, but he also made a little joke about having to make a strong-ass offer. Um, (laughs) So I don't know if he was trying to be funny on that one or if it's actually a third name. But we're going to go and proceed like it is a third name. Now, Chris Beard. First of all, is he technically hireable? Could Ole Miss make that move? And second of all, what would Ole Miss be getting if they took that risk on him? Yeah, it's obviously a risk. And I I saw a tweet recently, I'm sure you saw it as well. You might have been the one who shared it, uh, discussing how Ole Miss is going to vet Chris Beard and they're going to do it extensively, which you have to. I mean, you you have to be very careful. You have to be very cognizant of what you're doing. You have to be aware of what the outcry might be what the conversation might be uh, is he hireable yes i yeah he is uh, i can understand why some programs would be hesitant why some programs might say no absolutely not uh, i think that that's a defensible argument but as you alluded to on your show previously he was cleared of charges by a da that tends to be pretty strict on domestic violence charges does that mean nothing happened of course not does that mean that he's entirely innocent no not necessarily uh from a you know morality argument i think there's a lot of stickiness there but i think that you have to make the art you have to you have to vet him you have to check it out you have to explore it he's a phenomenal basketball coach Uh, that's not the only thing that matters necessarily but it is a significant factor And if he is available, if he is willing to take this job, if you can do, you know, your checks and kind of do the risk assessment, because, you know, somebody like Dusty May, in an entirely different way, 
also has a lot of risk just from being somebody who doesn't come from a high major program and all that stuff. So you have two very, very different coaching candidates with their same level or a similar level of risk, just entirely different ways. But I do think Chris Beard is hireable if you do your research, your vetting and come to that conclusion. And my theory on this whole Chris Beard situation or really on anything when it comes to coaching hire is that risk is relative. Um, The Mm -hmm. risk, Chris Beard would be a much bigger risk at Kentucky than he right. would be at Ole Miss and, and where you go down that scale. And so I don't think you actually even have to worry. You could hire Chris Beard, A, at a discount. You're not going to have to pay what Texas had paid for him. B, you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about him jumping ship to a bigger program because that risk will still be there. And there's a lot of positives that go on this, but the downside would be the public outcry because there would be public outcry for about 48 hours. My idea for this, hire Chris Beard on the Wednesday before the NCAA tournament, deal 24 hours of it, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Definitely understandable to, to try to bring him in and, and let that conversation happen, let it kind of die out a little bit. Uh, you kind of hope that nothing more comes out of the story or that there's not any future issues, which is obviously why you do the vetting is making sure like, Hey, we really don't need you in the news again in, in June or August or November, God forbid, you know, you want him uh, to make sure that things are okay. But if that's the case, I, I think you would get away with bringing him in, dealing with the outcry, getting through it, starting next season. Maybe it crops up again a little bit in November as the year starts. And then if he wins basketball games, which there's a pretty good chance he wins basketball games, he's a good coach. You're probably in the clear and, and from a basketball coaching perspective, he's your top option. Yeah, and and the third name that came out on that New York Times report was Will Wade. And Will Wade has just had his hearing with mm-hmm. the super bad mean infractions committee um, that Ole Miss fans are aware of, even though this might be the special one that came out during the um, basketball scandal. But his decision will not be made maybe late May, early June. That's the time frame. These basketball coaches, though, are not getting show causes that have to go through through with this. But it would be a little bit of a risk to gamble that because they might decide to put Will Wade's scalp on the wall just to say they got somebody. What, what do you think about Will Wade as a potential option? Yeah, I, I suspect that Will Wade's going to – he's not going to get completely rammed by the NCAA infraction committee. That's my guess. But trying to predict what the infractions committee is going to do is kind of an exercise in futility. Uh, they're very, very unpredictable. From a coaching perspective, a guy who took Virginia Commonwealth to the NCAA tournament twice in the two years that he was there, it's hard to win. I mean, the A-10 is tough. It's, you know, it's not the SEC, obviously, but it is tough. And to do that twice with them, to take LSU to the tournament, I mean, look what happened to LSU after he left. I mean, I don't know that anybody could have projected they'd lose, what, 15, 14, 15 games in a row in the SEC. Like, this program is in a lot worse shape without him there. I think Will Wade's a very good coach. I think it would be a really reasonable decision for Ole Miss. He's proven he can coach at this level, something that you don't get necessarily out of Dusty May, something you obviously get out of Chris Beard, but with more more potential risk for outside reasons. Obviously, Will Wade carries that as well, but it's not going to have the same public opinion discourse necessarily. It shouldn't, at least. Uh, And again, a guy who won 22, he's won 20 plus games in the SEC four times in six years. That is not easy to do. Uh, I think Will Wade, if you feel confident that he's not going to get blasted with some kind of infraction or, or lose scholarships or anything like that, if you feel good about that, which it's tough to do, not knowing what the NCAA is going to do. 
I think Will Wade would be a, a really nice fit at Ole Miss, and I think he would do a really good job there. Yeah, Will Pearl, Will Wade coming out of this is it kind of reminds you of Bruce Pearl after Tennessee, does it not? A lot, yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, what is your prediction? Where do you think Ole Miss is going to go for the search? I, I think they're going to go with Chris Beard. I honestly do. I, I think that they're kind of in the in the spot right now where they can they can be the team that hires him. They can absorb that risk, maybe more than like you said, more than some of those other programs might do. Uh, I'm not sure that Beard would would go to Georgetown. We'll use them as example, but Georgetown's not. They're not going to do that. They, they already had a big enough mess with what they have with Patrick Ewing for different reasons, but they're not going to hire somebody controversial like that, I don't think. I don't think some of the other big programs would do that either. So I think Ole Miss is in kind of a unique position where they want to bring in somebody who can turn the program around, who can help them win basketball games, compete in the conference. And they're probably not at the level where they're going to get just a constant amount of scrutiny for it. So I think Beard is probably the way they're going to go. I we didn't talk about May a bunch. I honestly think Dusty May would be a really, really I think he's gonna be a really good high major coach. Uh, it's a risk because you know he's twenty six yeah, and three. Wasn't great every other year. Of course, you know you got to build up your program. He's clearly proven he's capable of doing that. A lot of mid major coaches have a ton of success when they get to the high levels, but some of them don't. Some of them don't. You know that Will Wade and Chris Beard can coach. Uh, in the power five. I mean, you know it definitively that they can, you know, that Chris Beard can succeed massively at this level as a coach. So I think that's probably the direction they go. Some people won't like it. I understand the people who don't like it. Like I get it. I sympathize with that. I understand, but at the same time, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think Ole Miss is the kind of school that could, that could make this move. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. And if you enjoyed your time with Andy today, you can catch him on the Locked On College Basketball podcast. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. You get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. And right now, Ole Miss is relevant on that show. So check out Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Andy, thank you so much for stopping by today. And I hope we can do it again. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Bob.